0: To the field with ability. Athletes are working hard. The progression is stressing. People are set, some with the passion. The smell of the grass and the pain and the action. The focus, the passion, the thought of a plaque and a trophy all made out to your name. With some money's too famous. If you only get when you're playing the game. With the number on their back and the representative name. J playing way back in the day. Exploring, scoring. This is a story. This is Sports Nation. It's been this way for generations. Pro Sports Extras where I get my information. Athletes with their pursuits and endeavors. Sports will entertain
1: the whole world. It'll be this way forever and for more at that we going live The Trevor, the expert. What's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Trevor you In Podcast. I'm joined, of course, with my co-host, AJ. AJ, how's it going this evening? What's going on, Chef? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Exciting episode today. Detroit Lions special episode for uh, you and I being big Lions fans. We have two awesome guests. One, we have Logan. from uh, He's a blogger for the Lions Lowdown blog. Uh, He's been doing that for a couple years now. And then after him, we have on former second-round draft pick, Ryan Broyles. The Lions drafted him in 2012 uh, due to injuries. His career was ended short. But tonight, we're lucky enough to have him on the podcast. Uh, First off, uh, we're going to go live here with Logan in a minute. If you have any questions or want to call in today, give us a call 563-999-3674 uh the podcast intro was a little bit different today you might not have heard that lady say blog talk radio like she normally does uh that means we got longer shows now we're able to go uh for two hours which we will not i can tell you that much uh we'll probably take about an hour hour 15 minutes tonight with our guests and uh well, we got to talk about this evening. So, again, 563-999-3674. Uh, AJ, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want, you want to talk some college football, talk about Michigan, uh, how terrible their performance was the other night? Oh,
2: yeah, I was I was ripping them up apart even on Saturday, on Sunday with my buddies. And today at work, we were just ripping on them. They're, they're, I mean, their defense, besides, like their first, what, I think their first quarter, um, or actually first 30 minutes, I think they gave up, like, 170 yards um, and all the points then. And after that, they were shut down defensive. And I really liked uh, uh, one of their defensive ends. Their defense looked decent after – I feel like they just need to get their footing underneath them. Um, but, man, that offense looked terrible. I, I mean, their wide receivers look decent, like d- decent. But, you know, their their offensive line, their, they had no running game. Even Shane
1: Patterson I thought was terrible. Yeah, I watched the uh, majority of the game, and that offensive line was rough, to say the least. It seemed like every time, you know, uh, Patterson would draw back, every time he was getting hit, there was no time in the pocket. Um, you know, a rough opening game for Michigan. Mm-hmm. And,
2: uh, I mean, it was cool to see uh... – um, McCaffrey coming to game, I thought that was huge. Um, I'm not sure why they would even bring in Shea Patterson. Um, I know he was ranked third in quarterbacks among all uh, high school recruits, and that's one guy uh, a hardball wanted, and he didn't get him. He went to Old Miss, and I feel like uh, you know if he didn't want to come the first time, I felt like you shouldn't have brought him around. Um, I feel like if he was stuck when McCaffrey was in there for the, I think he was in there for maybe three series I'm um, in and out. Um he was a game changer for in quarterback wise. He was able to get the ball off before getting touched or having getting pressured.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was definitely a weird uh opening game. Definitely hoping it was go, gonna go the other way. Notre Dame won twenty four seventeen. Uh Michigan, you know, kind of started showing up a little bit later on in the game, but uh it was too late for them. Guys, we are doing currently doing a, a shirt giveaway. Um one of our in, Patri- in Patricia We Trust t shirts we're giving it away uh to a special winner on Twitter. Uh so if you've entered that uh the drawing is gonna be here in I'd say about twenty minutes. We're gonna do the drawing for the t shirt giveaway. Uh to win you'll have to call in. The number is five six three nine 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 three six seven four if you're listening. Um we'll do the drawing from the people that uh entered on Twitter and then I'll announce the winner on Twitter and that person will have uh twenty minutes to call us after I announce it and if he doesn't call in we'll pick someone else. But you can uh enter that giveaway at uh following us on Twitter at ProStrus. So Quill Mack, Let's uh let's jump on this topic for a minute. Uh Quill decided, you know, his time in Oakland was over. The Raiders were done with him. Uh John Gruden gets rid of him, trade them to the Bears AJ, what, you know, what was going through your mind when you heard that news? Well, first
2: of all, the <laughs> Oakland part of it, um, I'm pretty sure John Gruden, first time he left, they were talking about a rebuild, and the second time he comes back around to the NFL with Oakland, um, he, it, it's like where he picked up, like where he left off with. It's like he wants another rebuild, essentially. Um, so I'm not going to, I'm not sure what was going on in Oakland's head. Um but as you know, as we're as we the Lions fans, I thought he was totally gettable. I thought with Ziggy uh, gonna where he'll go somewhere else next season, I felt like it would have been perfect to bring uh, Mac in. Elton um, said they wanted two draft picks. Mac is a first-round draft pick, as it is. Like that's what he's worth. Um, so my in my eyes, I only thought of them as the Lions giving up only one first-round draft pick to get him, and Maybe they could have spaced it out of as in next year's draft pick and maybe a 2021 draft pick. Um, and I hate I, I hate that he's going to the Bears. Just you know, same conference, <laughs> uh, same division. Um,
1: so <laughs> you're gonna be playing them. <laughs> you know, you're gonna be seeing this guy. Right. So this is the Detroit Lions. We're gonna hop over to our first guest of the night. We got Logan from the Lions Lowdown blog. Logan, you there? Hey guys, what's happening? going great man Morning, thanks everybody. for hopping on yeah for sure glad to be here first off uh where can everybody find you at on social media you know let's get your uh your plugs out of the way <laughs> yeah of course yeah so
3: my uh twitter handle is l and then my last name so it'll be l and then Lamarandir. i know it's a tough one i can spell it out real quick uh it's l-a-m-o-r-a-n D-I-E-R, and what's probably easiest, if you just go to the Lion Lowdown handle, I'm usually, scroll through that timeline, you can find me there, or uh, Facebook page, Lion Lowdown, it's all there, Uh, I try to get out there as much as I can in the social uh, platform, so I mean, if you don't know my last
1: name it's fine. You'll probably run across me at some point. <laughs> right. <laughs> so here we are, 6 days to the Lions season opener on Monday night football. Let's talk let's talk a little bit about the offseason, you know. Do, any surprise cuts you, you've seen um, you know, T.O. Redding not making the squad. Um, what any surprises that you really saw? You know, I I really didn't see too many besides a couple that were like, you know, maybe we're going to make the roster, but What about you? Yeah, I'm really
3: the only one that surprised me. And looking at the fourth preseason game, maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but that was Deshaun Shedd. I felt like when when we brought him in, he was fighting for that number two corner spot. And he got injured and didn't play for a couple weeks. And for whatever reason, you know, the last week, preseason four, uh, he's not – excuse me. He's playing – with, you know, guys who aren't making the team. I was like, okay, though, this is interesting. Maybe he's not squarely on the roster like I thought he would be. And then, sure enough, they ended up cutting him. But I think, you know, you have guys like Nevin Lawson, who obviously had a horrible preseason week three in the the dress rehearsal game. Um, We've seen what he can do in the past. I mean, he's going to be your average CB2. But, yeah, the the shed one really – that really kind of caught me off guard just because I thought they had higher hopes for him. And maybe he just
1: didn't come back from that ACL injury like they thought he would. Right. Do you see any Um, moves coming Lions can make here? Uh, Do you see any trade, them signing any uh, other free agents by chance? Uh,
3: At the corner spot or just in general?
1: uh, Just in general, really. Yeah, I, kind
3: of known for is just always turning up the bottom of the roster. I don't know if we'll sign a, a Jonathan Hankins type or anything like that. I feel like Quinn is just so, you know, he like I said, he turns the bottom of the roster, he shops in the bargain bin, looks for guys, and we've already seen that with a few different players he signed so far. Picked up a couple guys off waivers, including a corner, D. Virgin, who is more of a special teams player, not a guy you really want in at the cornerback position, or at least starting or getting meaningful snaps. But you, I really hope we could find something along the defensive line. But I just don't know if there's really anything there that's going to do a lot for our team outside of Hankins. So it's it's tough. I mean, our defensive line is struggling. Maybe that's just uh, the scheme and the game plan. Essentially, Patricia using this uh, preseason as a practice more so than showing the scheme and what the guys are trying to do. It's just it's tough to say, but I wouldn't put it past Quinn not to not to be scouring the waiver wire.
1: Yeah, for sure. AJ, what do you got? You got some questions you want to ask? I got a few more here. Uh, AJ, what do you got? Hey, AJ, you there? Must have lost him. Logan. Logan. What's, going on, AJ? What's going on, Logan? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. All right. We <laughs> gotcha.
2: What's going on, Logan? What's going on, man?
1: Hey, so I saw something
2: today that I kind of want to bring up. And, I mean, it pertains to the practice squad, but I was wondering why did they uh, – do you have any insight of why they might have signed another running back in uh, F- uh Humphrey?
3: Yeah, that was an interesting case because at first, uh, Ian Ravaport reported that they signed him just as, the, like, a standard 53-man roster player. And I was very surprised at that. I'm like, I have no idea why we just did that. Maybe there's another move we don't know about. Uh, with a, one of our other running backs, we traded them away. But I just think they like what Pumphrey, his skill set. He's kind of a return guy, uh, good at catching the ball. He is a very small running back, even even compared to Abdullah. He, he's got Abdullah has like 25 pounds on him, which is saying something. So he he's a good runner, but it's just I think he's more of a specialty and a gadget player. And maybe if Theo Riddick were to ever go down, he could kind of fill that pass. A specialist role or something like that, but
1: uh, mm-hmm.
3: it wouldn't surprise me. You know, they they don't have a running back. Usually, the last few years they've always had a you know someone on that practice squad as a running back, or they had some backups that they could rely on. I think they're just probably doing their due diligence here. He was a fourth round pick last year. He's the NCAA Division One all time leading rusher, so he has some vision, and you can tell he he's a decent back. It's just is a very he'll have a very specialized role in the NFL due to his size but uh I I can't imagine him ever be getting a lot of playing time even if we go down with injuries. I think it's just again more of a special team's return role and uh a very specialized third down back if if it were to ever come to that. Mhm.
2: Yeah, that that was one thing I saw as well like you were talking about. Uh just the initial report of it saying that uh that they signed they, they signed him, and then, obviously, uh, the clarification saying that – no, it's was just it was a practice squad. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, another question I had is um, – and hopefully I don't steal Travis Thunder here, but um, what what's – why don't you think the Lions went after Khalil, or do you think they were a serious contender at all and they just weren't ready to give up what they were ready to or
3: – You know, it's interesting because I
2: actually – I hadn't talked too much about it today and then I kind
3: of got into it a little bit on Twitter and it's just, you look at what Khalil Mack cost, and yeah, two first round picks. uh, You look at it that way. If it was just two first round picks, you know what? You're not going to find a first round pick. That's going to be as good as Khalil Mack. And you look at what the Lions have done with their other first round picks saying, I don't have confidence in Bob Quinn that he could take two first round picks. It's just really difficult to get a guy of, max caliber in the draft and but then you also have to factor in how much he costs i mean he's making big time money and at twenty three and a half million a year uh, for his new contract i mean that's such a huge amount you look at what you can do with that in the free agent market and the way i kind of put it as um you know so our last two draft picks we won't include rag now just because he's so fresh we don't know exactly what we have yet but say if a guy like Jared Davis and Taylor Decker. I mean, those are two. They might not be proven yet, but those are still big pieces to your roster, and they only cost two and a half million dollars a year as first-round mm-hmm. picks. And to imagine having those type of holes going into a season, and then you also wouldn't have, you know, roughly eighteen million dollars in cap space per year, uh, with those two first-round picks being five million, and then you subtract the twenty-three million of Mac would cost. You'd also be down those two first-round picks and then 18 million dollars worth of available uh, cap space every year. So those those two guys, you look at it like that could be T.J. Lang and Devon Kennard, you know, on our team that we might not be able to have. So it does create a lot of holes to sign one defensive player. Now I don't know if Quinn, I can't say if he was going after Mac. You never heard any reports that he were, even with the rumors. Mm-hmm. I know there was that whole limo driver rumor that claimed he was in Detroit. <laughs> Obviously that was false. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you just never heard that connection. And then if you were to look at it immediately, if they were to tr- trade for Mack this year, you know, where does a guy like Devon Kennard even play? We just signed him. It would be kind of a redundancy because you'd have Anza playing the DN spot, and then you'd think Khalil Mack would be that more natural 34 outside linebacker, at least in the Lions defense, that Jack, that Jack linebacker, who is essentially just a rush linebacker. Even though he's a linebacker, he rushes to the quarterback more often than not. And so you'd have mm-hmm. – it never hurts to have that many pass rushes, but when you're spending that kind of money on pass rush, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. And, again, I'm not saying I didn't want Khalil Mack because he's such a great player, but that's, that's almost too much money. That's a little bit too rich for my blood. And I actually just tweeted out something, too. I went and looked back up. Uh, the last seven years, you look at the, the Super Bowl winners, average highest paid defensive player accounted for, like six point two percent of their cap. So you look at what Khalil Max and the cost the Bears in terms of percentage of cap space going forward, next year he's at like eleven and a half percent of their cap space. And that's that's a lot of money to give one player. And I think you look at all these Super Bowl winning teams, you they have very complete rosters and when you have a player who's taken up that much space, is it worth it to build to make that many holes on your team and not be able to afford to pay other draft picks you've brought up and i know there's a lot of different ways to win in the nfl i'm not saying that they, the bears can't win a super bowl with mac but it just seems there's a little rich for my blood and i know i might be uh going against the grain and there's a lot of people who probably disagree with me but i i didn't see a lot of force uh for the lions or a driving factor in that mac trade i don't think acquired and once they realized you know two first rounders and how much you would he would cost. I understand why they didn't. Maybe make a harder
4: push. Mm-hmm. Right. Um.
2: Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing I was trying to justify. Um. Obviously, bias being a huge Lions fan. Um. It, or a Lions fan, I'm not that you know playing with football. Um. But uh, I felt like Cleo Mack. He is a first round draft pick himself. Like I feel like that's what he's worth. So I felt like they'd only be giving up another first round draft pick, and maybe they could have uh, packaged it with. Uh, a future first-round draft pick, like not two years back to back, but maybe space them out a couple years apart. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they even have that right, right? You know, if they even have that option. Um, and, but I, 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 see where Bob Quinn may have laid off because, um, I mean, most you can kind of go back and see from the Patriots they usually build through the draft. So I felt maybe Bob Quinn is just sticking to that. I mean, I hate saying it the the Patriot way, but um, it was so just something true, I saw that how, I, I've seen that how they just, you know, if it keeps traffic, you just keep building through the draft so.
3: Yeah, and I totally understand. You know, I'd be elated if we came away with Khalil Mack, but for long term, uh, it gets a little dicey because you have to have a complete team to win a Super Bowl, and it would create a lot of holes on our team. It'd definitely give us a pass rush, that's for sure, but <laughs> – there are be <laughs> other holes you'd have to fill, and you'd have to hit on every draft pick, you know, after the first round uh, to really make up for not having money to spend elsewhere. You wouldn't be able to rely at all on picking up, you know, decent free agents. You'd have to rely 100% on your draft picks. And I think Quinn has shown he can draft decent draft picks, but at the same time he hasn't hit any home runs either. So it is it's, – it's one of those situations where I, I see – from both sides I understand why it was probably a good thing the Lions didn't get him but it would have helped out a lot if you're being you know looking more myopic and thinking about this year just trying to think of what Mac would have provided for this team just this year but down the road it might have caused some issues (laughs) Mm -hmm. right
1: so I meant I know you mentioned uh, some of those young guys that we have on our roster uh, who do you have that's going to be, like, a big surprise this year that's going to stand out?
3: Uh, I don't know if it'd be too much of a surprise, but I think Kenny Galladay, I think he's definitely in line. Even at the end of last year, he was getting more snaps than Golden Tate, and Golden Tate was pretty much just relegated to a slot receiver role. And when you have Galladay out there, he, he does, I will say this, he does need to hold on to the ball. He had drops issues last year, and they were kind of overlooked by it all the big plays he had, but then he's also had drop issues so far this preseason, which has been concerning. But if the volume's there, he has the skill set to be, you know, just an animal. Uh, you see him make all these highlight reel catches. And I, I call it kind of like the Roy Williams effect. I don't know if you guys remember Roy Williams too much, but Roy Williams would make yeah. spectacular catches. And then on a slant route, hit him right in the hands and he'd drop it. So it's just uh, I think he's in line to really do some nice things. and. Uh, I, w- I would love to see Tease Tabor do something or Aishon Robinson, Jared Davis, but in the early goings of the preseason, none of them looked great. And I w- Tease Tabor, actually, I shouldn't say he hasn't looked great. He hasn't been able to crack the starting lineup, but when he's played, he only allowed one catch all preseason, and I think he played the second most snaps of any Lions cornerback. And, yeah, it was against probably a lot of uh, – fringe NFL talent playing a little later in these preseason games. But it's not like he was getting burned or anything like that. It was just uh, from a fan perspective, you see him not in the starting lineup and you immediately assume that this is a second year and he's not even starting bust. (laughs) But I would love to see him just get a little
1: bit more meaningful snaps. Hmm. Right. Something I think we can all agree on is uh our backup quarterback spot is pretty uh a pretty scary situation if if uh Stafford goes down. Uh you know, what do you have on Matt Castle? You know, we have people that have been tweeting us talking about Rudolph should have made the roster over Castle and all this. Uh what's your uh opinion on the backup quarterback spot? I
3: I think the Lions played it perfectly because the Lions essentially still have Jake Rudock on their roster. He's still going to be in their quarterback room. He's on the practice squad at the Lions. If somehow Matthew Stafford goes down, and that'd be the worst possible scenario. You still have Rudock there on the team and Castle uh just provides I think a little bit more of that veteran leadership and familiarity with if you go way back maybe um with Patricia. But Rudock, he did I would say he played well in the preseason part you're looking at him again playing in the fourth quarter and i I just think rudock's ceiling he's he's probably at his ceiling right now i don't know if he'll keep developing uh he doesn't have the strongest arm you know you saw him struggle with that in the preseason as as far as pushing the ball down the field uh castle's not great by any means but i'm not going to say that rudock is too so i like it we don't have to keep three quarterbacks on the 53 man roster and we still have Rudock on the team. So it's it's fine by me. I wouldn't be comfortable with really either of the two backups though if
1: Stafford were to go down. <laughs> right. <laughs> um early uh early prediction, you know, what do you have do you have us making the playoffs this year? Uh what's your opinion on what's going to happen this year? Uh so that's kind of
3: a tough one because I had higher expectations before preseason than the preseason <laughs> kind of put a little damper on my expectations. And I, I still think this is how I put it. I think we'll need a lot to go right to get to 11 wins. And I think we'll only need a few things to go wrong to be around six or seven wins. And in saying that, you know, that puts me, my hunch right now is right around nine wins on the season. And I don't know if that'll be enough in this division. Um, And when we, when I say nine wins and that's winning a couple division games, And the division is going to be real tough this year. Uh, So I I want to say the Lions will make the playoffs. If I had to bet my life on it, though, I, I probably wouldn't do it. I don't have that much confidence in them. But what you can, you know, find some solace in is that you look at what the defense did in preseason, and it was about as basic as it comes. Like, there was no scheming. There was no exotic blitzes, which is, Patricia's specialty, it's what he's known for It's how he creates pressure Just keeping the offense Uncomfortable In the preseason, it was like they just lined up In a base formation They lined up with their corners Kind of giving space And they didn't really do much And I don't know if you would hope That you'd have some one-on-one battles Along that defensive front That they could win And unfortunately, that was few and far between The guys just weren't beating their mans across them So it's obvious that Patricia's going to have to scheme up a pretty fierce game plan on defense in order for our defense to be potentially even middle of the road. But on offense, the run game, you saw glimpses of that in the preseason, which was so nice to see. There was a few different games, you know, where our four main running backs all average over four yards per carry. And if you have an offense that can, you know, average over four yards per carry and you couple that with Matthew Stafford and his abilities with the solid receiving core, the offense could be potent, and theoretically they, they can control the clock and keep the defense off the field. So there's, I just think there's a lot we haven't seen yet from both sides of the ball, and it's kind of a wait-and-see game and to see what we have in the pre-season, or the regular season and see if we're able to adjust and if Patricia's able to use his smarts to adapt in game plan and teams. that could go a long way.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Guys, if you're listening in, give us a call, 563-999-3674. It's time to announce our T-shirt giveaway winner. Uh, The winner is Dog underscore 906 on Twitter. Nate, if you're listening in, give us a call, 563-999-3674 to claim your prize. Uh, It'll ship out within the next seven days. You'll get it around uh, sometime around week two of the NFL season. It's the Matt Patricia We Trust t-shirts. A few Lions players are going to be rocking them. They're just getting them uh, in the next couple days. So you guys buy them, prosprotection.com, backslash store. Use code FOOTBALLSUNDAY for free shipping. Uh, I got a couple more questions to ask you. AJ, what else do you got?
2: Yeah, I I got two myself as well. Um, So, Logan, with uh, the whole entire preseason going into it, I fear I felt Amir uh Amir Abdullah wasn't gonna be staying on the team for much longer. I felt like maybe they would use him for trade bait, um so somewhat. Um I mean I know he's had the injury problems, um and he's not been as strong as he was projected to be. Um I was wondering if you could talk about you know, he, he obviously he made the fifty three man roster. I was wondering maybe what you think the next plans are that they're gonna do with him. Yeah, with Abdullah,
3: I've always liked Abdullah. I know again I liked him coming uh, coming out of Nebraska, which maybe that clouds my judgment a little bit. But I think he has a unique skill set that it's difficult to find in the NFL. He's just one of the the most explosive running backs you'll find. And I know, again, yeah, he he does have his issues. And being that he doesn't have to be an early down runner this year, like last year they were trying to use him as like a ground and pound to, at the beginning of the season. They're using him uh, just in scenarios where you wish that was a little bigger of a back. And I think mm-hmm. this year, is I don't know what his role exactly is going to be in the preseason. I don't, I don't really believe they were showcasing him, but he, he seemed like he was getting uh, decent reps with the first team. And uh, he was pretty much the first back after Garrett Blunt the second week of the preseason uh, with carry on mixing in, you know, a little later and even the third season, uh, third preseason as well. Is that he w- he was he was getting meaningful snaps, but I just don't know. Depending on what Carryon Johns can bring, he might take from Abdullah's role because on third down you have to imagine Theo Ricks going to be that guy. And so where does that leave Abdullah? And I I think it's just probably going to be as a solid backup. I I could totally understand though the Lions wanted to dangle him out there as trade bait. I don't know what his value would be just because you know he he's this is his fourth year in the league and he's never really proven himself so I don't know if it's worth it mm-hmm. for the Lions to try to trade him for a seventh round draft pick or a sixth I, I think that's probably all they could get for him and what mm-hmm. how much more value is that gonna bring to your team rather than keeping him. But yeah, I like I said, I, I don't think I wouldn't be surprised if they they traded him because they do have holes elsewhere. Maybe if they can trade him straight up for a player, uh it wouldn't be a bad thing. That could a player that could help immediately if we're as Abdullah, I don't think he's going to do a ton for us. He, as of right now, I don't know how official these depth charts are, but the, the Lions' unofficial depth chart, he is the starting kick returner. And now with these new kick return rules, he's probably going to kneel it more times than mm-hmm. he's going to run it out anyway. So it's, it's an odd situation for him. It, it is his last year, his rookie contract too. So he'll be a free agent after season. If, if he decides to leave, the Lions don't see a future with him it would be wise to probably trade them now while they can. Mhm. Um, and
2: uh, the last one's kind of a little bit of a two-parter here. Um, I was wondering if you know any updates on uh, TJ Lang, where he might be standing right now, um, how he's looking for week one, um, and uh, how you think that the Lions are just going to do in general in week one. Yeah,
3: so TJ Lang, he's been back at practice. Uh, When he was missing the preseason games, he came out and said if it was the regular season, things would be a lot different. I imagine he would play. I think he's just been so nicked up the last few years that he's he's getting up there in age. I think they just want to stay conservative with him. They know what they have in him. Uh, They know that he can go out there and perform, and he doesn't need a ton of reps. He's a veteran. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Uh, As far as what we have for the Monday night game, it's a game that should be – if you look at the schedule, it should be a gimme game for the Lions. Going against the rookie quarterback, the Jets have struggled. I don't think it's too far off to say that they're probably a bottom five team in the league right now. And I, I don't want to call it a, a must-win game, but it's a game the Lions have to win. If if we want to be in the, the NFC North hunt for that division title, uh, those are mm-hmm. the type of games you can't lose. And I, I feel like we should – We should win. I think we should be fine. I think our running game will be solid. I think our offense will be solid. And our defense is still yet to be seen as far as what they're able to do. Uh, We'll see if Patricia can work his magic (laughs) because, like we've already talked about, it's just based on what we saw this preseason, he's definitely going to have to work his magic.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: For sure. Yep, and that, that, that's that's what I got. I got that's all the questions I got for him, chad, So I'm not, I'm i pretty sure
1: you got a couple more. Yeah, I got a couple more. But first off, uh we got our T shirt winner calling in. Uh he actually the big Lions fan, he's got a question a couple questions for Logan as well. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna go live right now with our T shirt giveaway winner, Nate. You there? Yes I am. How's it going, man? Congratulations, you won. Uh What's going on, Nate. Send us your uh Send us your address on Twitter and we'll get that shirt over to you as soon as possible. Um Nate, any questions Thank you, you got for myself, AJ or Logan, anything you got?
4: Uh, I got a question for Logan. Um Sam Darnold has just been announced as a starter for our first game on Monday night. Like and he's going up against our defense, which to me has been kinda of inconsistent but we We could be seeing like little bits of what's about to come, like what are you expecting for Garland against her defense? yeah,
3: what's going on, Nate? I think uh you know again, kind of i I hit on a little bit before you jumped on, where it's just you have to expect the rookie quarterback he's going to make rookie mistakes, but more often than not, rookies are making mistakes when they're under pressure when they're not reading the defense correctly, I think Patricia can really use. His skill set and his scheming abilities to make Donald uncomfortable, give him looks that he hasn't seen before, and force turnovers. So I fully expect the Lions to get a couple of interceptions off off of Donald, and that's what you should expect whenever you're facing a rookie quarterback. So I, I, I'm confident the Lions can out scheme this Jets offense. But you look at their weapons; they have an offense too. They don't have anyone that you're really scared of. Donald isn't working with a elite cast by any means. So it's the game's going to really fall on his shoulders and the lions should be able
4: to take advantage of it in my mind. All right. Um, and plus we got a pretty top heavy schedule coming in. Like the first four weeks of the season, we got, of course, I mentioned the Jets and Sam Darnold, then we got Garoppolo in San Francisco. Then we get the host our good old buddy Tom Brady in new England. And then we and go down to Dallas. I mean, that's a rough schedule to start up with. Like, <clears throat> are you expecting like a good two and two record coming out of there? Because, in my opinion, that's kind of our safe bet for a schedule wise coming out of it. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think. Although we we said the same thing last year too, and the Lions ended up three and one. You know, those first those first four games of the first quarter of the season it's so it's really difficult to project but I think two and two I'd be happy with two and two. It kinda of puts us on pace to that, that nine win mark, but you know, I, I I would hope for more than that, but I wouldn't be surprised by two and two, that's for sure.
4: Of course we're expecting Patricia to make some type of rookie mistake too as a head coach, aren't we?
3: Yeah, that's a that's like. another thing. We I think we so often forget that Patricia is a rookie head coach. And sometimes being a great coordinator doesn't always translate to being a great head coach and game manager. I know we, we hired Patricia to take this team to the next level. Expectations should be year one that we win more than the nine games we won last year with Jim Caldwell. That's the reason Caldwell was fired, because Quinn obviously felt like he wasn't getting uh, as much out of the team as that, that Quinn felt like he should. So I, Patricia's been preaching patience. And I hope that's preaching patience just for uh, in regards to what the team has as far as scheme goes and not preaching patience to like he's inferring it's a rebuilding year of any kind. Cause I don't think he was brought in to have a rebuild year. He was brought in to win more games.
4: Right, right, right. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of another question. Um, what are you expecting from the 2019 draft class? Cause we're, it looks like we're going heavy on defensive linemen next year. Like, have you taken any peeks at what potential prospect we're supposed to get?
3: It's a little early. Like, right now, I, I focus so much on just the NFL, and I know there's a lot of defensive linemen out there that are coming into the draft next year. And I thought the Lions were going to go defensive heavy this this year, and so, so <laughs> that did wasn't I. so much the case. And I thought Harold Landry, when – He was still on the board at pick 20. I thought he was for sure the pick, you know, I was feeling very confident. I was very excited that Harold Landry was still on the board. And then what do I know? He goes in the second round and so many other teams passed on him. So I, if the defense struggles this year, you have to have to imagine that the defense would be the main priority going into next year, especially given with all the talent that is projected to be on that side of the ball. But as far as individual players go, you know, I just know the big guys. I, I haven't really scouted them heavily, and, you know, so much can change throughout the course of the year. I, I use, What I like doing is I like focusing heavily on the NFL season when when it's in season, and then to kind of get my football fixed when I go into draft mode or I start scouting and really digging into all these college props. I don't know what I'd do without football, and it's kind of like my – silver lining that i have once football season's over it's like well i get to look forward to the draft and scouting that and going back and looking at all that film to continue watching
1: football so <laughs> sorry to
3: not answer your question too great but yeah i I do think i have to imagine next year first round pick uh
4: defensive player is a good way to go okay last question is for everyone trevor logan and aj um what are we expecting from the kickoff, like the Falcons and Eagles, like uh, predict predict like a win or a loss or something like that? Yeah, a like, uh, win. For me personally, I I think
3: they're two really good teams, and the Eagles obviously being Super Bowl champs, they didn't lose too much uh, from last year. You know, you have to give the edge to the Eagles right now, but the, the Falcons aren't too far removed from being in the Super Bowl either. They still have a lot of great pieces. They have a pass rush and a speedy defense that can hit, as well as a great rushing attack with one of the best receivers in the league. So uh, I I would probably project the Eagles to win this one, um, but it could really go either way.
4: Yeah, I, I, would, I was I,
1: looking a little bit. Uh, I noticed that a bunch of Eagles players, their wide receivers were out. Uh, I think that they're going to be missing two of their uh, top four wide receivers in their first game. So uh, in this one, you know, I'm going to take Atlanta away. It's going to be a close game, high-scoring game. Uh, but I got Atlanta. I take them um, winning by about 14 points.
2: All right, my time to chime in. We got AJ's goal prediction. I got the Eagles <laughs> by 10. I got the Eagles by 10. Not for any certain reason. I just feel like coming back to bowl. It, they, I feel like they still might have uh, the slightest bit to prove just saying, hey, we're not taking a hangover year. We're, we're, we're going to win this one. So, Eagles by 10.
4: Um, All right, Nate. Thank I you would... the call. No problem, man. All right. I'll
1: send you my address when I'm done. For sure. Thank you. All right, Logan. Uh, we appreciate you hopping on here today. One more time, where can everybody find you at on social? Yeah, well, about- Thanks for having me. Um, again, the
3: Twitter handle is L Lamorandier. That's L A M O R A N D I E R. Or at Lion Lowdown. Uh, it's just Lion Lowdown, not Lions. Um, no S. So I know that throws people off every once in a while, too. But uh, you can follow the Facebook page or the Twitter page. Um, and you can find actually my personal account information, the follow buttons on the lionlowdown.com site as well, so that might be the easiest option to go, but yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It was good stuff. Yeah,
1: appreciate you. Yeah, thank you, Logan. Alright, guys, first guest on tonight's episode went Smooth. Uh, We'll have Ryan Royals calling in here within the next uh, 10-15 minutes, but for now, AJ, uh, let's jump over I was I was looking on Twitter earlier and uh, saw a bunch of stuff with Colin Kaepernick and Nike. Uh, did you see anything about this?
2: Yeah, I, I I saw it you know during the day a little bit and uh, even just coming home after a long day, I saw it on the news actually as well. Um, one thing I saw was a video of uh, a guy burning about five pairs of Nikes.
4: So.
1: Send them my way. You don't gotta burn them. Just send them. Send them over here. Exactly. Yeah. I'll <laughs> send the size. Anyone that uh, has same size or anything like that. I, yeah. I. I'm pretty sure I saw your tweet that said I'll uh, pay for. Uh,
2: all. You know that you said you'll pay for shipping.
1: I'll. I'll do the same thing. You know. Yeah. I'll. I'll pay for shipping. Slide my DM. Tell me what size. It don't <laughs> matter. It can be any size, really. I'll. I'll flip those things if you ain't gonna do anything with them. If you're just gonna burn them. I'll do something productive with them. Guys, you can get uh, free shipping in the PSE store today if you use code dot ProSportsExtra.com backslash store, get your items today. Uh, we'll have some podcast shirts coming out here within the next uh, couple weeks. Right now, we're just waiting on Ryan to give us a call in. Um, give me one second here. You got any uh, NHL topics you want to talk about here for a minute? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and give uh, Ryan a quick call. Gotcha. Yeah, no, uh, not much
2: left in the NHL. We're starting to get up on the preseason, thank the Lord, uh, for me at least. Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be, we'll be going to some events here, so be on the lookout for that on social media, on PSU social media. I'll be going to two games back-to-back. Uh, the Red Wings, and Penguins. Go, Pens, go. But it'll be nice to see, hopefully, Sabina in the first game. Um, and then uh, we'll also be at the Chicago Blackhawks at LCA against the Red Wings as well. Uh, back-to-back games. Um, well, Back-to-night games. Um, but one thing I did want to kind of... We, we kind of just touched it up on that Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, it, it was actually reported that I mean, Nike still has them on, uh, on as a, one of their athletes. And it's crazy that they, you know, they, they, they pay these athletes no matter what, um, you know, they're guaranteed money, but then they make even more money from this. And I thought it was, um, bold in Nike for doing it with all the backlash past season. They, you know, um, as Colin Kaepernick was the first, uh, athlete to take a knee for the national anthem, um. I just thought it was bold. I thought it was really good uh for Kaepernick and Nike uh to do this. There's been even uh support um by other athletes. Um I believe Serena Williams even posted about it. Uh, a couple other athletes posted about it. Um yeah, there's just one thing I want to bring up that I thought it was really cool uh that they that they're doing this movement. Um I'm fully behind it. Um so that's what I got. Trevor, are we ready, or you want me to keep going? Uh,
1: I'm still trying to get a hold of him. We I talked to him about 10 minutes before we went, went live, and he said he'd be good whenever. So right now uh, we're just waiting on him to call in. If you're listening, give us a call, 563-999-3674. Come in, talk whatever you want, talk sports, talk what's going on in your life, whatever. Check us out, prosportsector.com. Uh I don't really have too many more topics here, so hopefully it gives us a call here pretty soon. I did see in NBA news, uh, Kobe offered to train uh, Shaq's son. (laughs) (laughs) Which obviously, if this actually happened, you know, I'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, especially with all the backlash that
2: uh, I'm pretty sure was. Didn't uh, Shaq give uh, Dwayne Wade a jersey, saying
1: that you're the best guard or something like that as well? Yeah, I, there was a bunch of stuff that went on between Kobe and Shaq when they were uh, when they were teammates, but now they seem uh, pretty relaxed actually. So, mm.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one thing.
1: Oh, um, kicking it back to this weekend as well.
2: Um, the PGA, uh, Deschambeau won back to back events in the FedEx Cup, um, so he'll be playing next week at the B M. BMW championship. Uh there's defending Mark Leishman, Um you know, we got we got the, the the Ryder Cup as well. Um and one thing I thought that was uh it's been gaining a little more heat more heat and I'm pretty sure that they said they're gonna announce it. Um and there's it's even a pay per view event is uh Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson for I think it's two million dollars or
1: something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, I saw something. Uh, or I was listening to a podcast and they kind of talked about it quickly, and uh, they said something about it was gonna be on pay per view. That's that's the only part that I really saw.
2: Yeah, you can you can bet you can bet on me though going on uh, on Reddit and uh, trying to find it there because I it, it'd be cool. Um, and there's some things that I did like and didn't like about it because at first I thought they were putting up. You know their own. At first, I think it was two million. I'm not sure if it was two million or not. Um, but you know, if we assume it is, I thought each one was going to be putting up a million or something of their own money, and then they'd be going at it. And you know, someone would pick it up, like the Golf Channel would just pick it up, um, sponsored or something, make like a little bit. But then I find out that it's sponsorship money. Um, most of the money's not their own that they're putting up, and
1: it's it's a pay per view right. event. So. Yeah, wouldn't it be much more interesting if they were actually putting their money like where their mouth is actually instead of uh all the sponsors paying for all of it, which would probably which would happen anyway because they're all their money's from sponsorships, but mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
2: it definitely it it'd make it so much more interesting. Maybe there maybe there'd be a couple more uh, you know, crap talking on the course a little bit. The pressure's on if you got to think, you know, the putt or you, you got to come back from behind or something. Just knowing that, you know, it, it I I don't know from the fan aspect part of it. it, It's something that you know it's cool. Like you don't want. Oh, we're playing with only sponsorship money. Um, you know you're 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 gambling your own money there. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's from sponsorship. You know, sponsors giving the money, but I just feel like it'd be a little uh, a little more tense and cooler for the fans' experience.
1: Right, for sure. Hey guys, if you're enjoying this episode, you'll enjoy all past and future episodes. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts. Uh, and our blog, talk, radio, web page. Don't miss another episode. Speaking of different episodes, have you listened to the thirty-minute timeout or wage revision? If not, give it a listen on here on the PSC Podcast Network. Also, check us out prosportsextra.com. dot com. Follow us at prosportsextra. Right now, it's time to continue with our Detroit Lions phase podcast. Here it is, the moment we've been waiting for. The You know, season two, episode one, special guest. He's a former second-round NFL draft pick. We got Ryan Broyles. Ryan, you on here? Hey, Ryan, you there? Let's see here. There we go. Hey, Ryan, we got you loud and clear. How's it going, bro? I'm good. How's it going? I'm doing great, we're man. Thank Ryan. you so much for popping on here. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I'm sorry I'm a little late. Hey, that's all good, man. Uh, I'll start off with my first question. Uh, you attended Norman High School, where you, where I read up you were a three-sport star, basketball, football, and track. Uh, what sport did you enjoy the most in high school?
0: Man, to be honest,
1: basketball all the way,
0: man. I just had some of the my fonder memories, you know, from – AU basketball growing up to you know summer leagues uh, and then obviously you're not putting the helmet on and you're in a hundred degrees training camp either though so basketball was definitely my deal if I was maybe six two three or four I'd probably be going that route or I probably would have went that route but
1: man basketball was awesome but football definitely treated me well as well for sure did you have any uh, different college offers uh, for other sports besides football? Yeah, actually was a um I got offered
0: by Tennessee for basketball, Oklahoma State for basketball. Um, those were two teams that I was I was interested in playing both ways. Now obviously coaches will talk you up and say, Hey, come on in, you can play both ways and then you get there and then like, nope, you're strictly football. And so OU is one of those teams as well. Um, uh, which, you know, once you get to that level, you've gotta you gotta go one way or the other if you wanna perfect your craft. So, you know, the coaches are definitely looking out for you. As a young cat, definitely wanna be like, you know what? I'm playing both sports. This is awesome. But at the end of the day, you got to
1: perfect your craft. you got to get in the weight room, and you just got to get better if you're a football athlete. AJ, you want to go ahead and ask me a couple questions? I know i got a big old list here that I'm going to ask him here in the next few minutes. Uh, AJ, why don't you go ahead and ask him yours? <laughs> All right. Yeah, what's going on, right? Hey, what's up, man?
2: Um, so you played your, your college ball at Oklahoma, um, and – you know, they, they had a great year last year. So what do you think is vital in their success to go back to the playoffs this year?
0: Well, I'll tell you this, and like you guys know, man, you've got to have a defense that can um, stop the run, can stop the pass. Um, obviously, Oklahoma being in the Big 12, we got a high-powered offenses all across the board. Um, I think the thing that we struggled with last year um, was our defensive back group. Um, and our, our defensive line. We weren't putting enough pressure on the quarterback. So I think this year we've got some five-star recruits out there on the DB end. We've got some some younger guys on the defensive front. So as long as we can prepare ourselves week in and week out to, to make some noise up front, then I think those guys on the back end will start making some turnovers. And, you know, obviously Oklahoma's offense has always been great. So I don't think that's going to be a problem of concern.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Because um, they, they are bringing in – they're going to have to you know, start a new quarterback with uh, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland now. Um, what, what do you think of their quarterback position going into this year?
0: Well, you know, Kim DeMurray is an awesome athlete, man. He was one of the best quarterbacks ever to come out of the the state of Oklahoma or Texas, um, and he's mm-hmm. definitely so promised last year. This last game, last week, he's so promised as well. He's an elusive guy. I think we'll be able to use him on the option game, um, obviously, and he's got a, he's got a good arm. Um, but at the end of the day, Lincoln Riley's is going to put those guys in the best possible position. Um, so I think, uh, you know, the quarterback position is pretty much locked up. We've got a young guy, or I guess I wouldn't say a young guy, but uh, Kendall, the second-string quarterback, he played well last week as well, and he's got good tangibles. So either way we go, a dual-threat quarterback or someone that's in the pocket, I think we'll be in good shape.
2: Okay. Um and obviously Matt Patricia uh you know first season head coach for the Lions um I know we they, they showed the very vanilla defense that they had um but there was speculation that like that these you know he might be working these guys too hard in practice or something um yeah. just because that they haven't seen that before uh do you think that guys have to start buying into this scheme or his scheme of that or what are your thoughts
0: well, I'll tell you this. I was a part of two different coaches in four years at at the Lions organization. Uh, so that's not new to those guys. You know, the guys that have been around like Glover Quinn or a Darius Slay, they've seen multiple coaches. So I don't think that's the big issue. Um, it's going to mm-hmm. be more of the team things if they do buy in. You know, obviously – the head coach is coming from a great organization in New England Patriots. is uh, the prodigal child, I guess, in, in that business um, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, whatever he preaches, I can only imagine them wanting to buy into that. Now, if they mm-hmm. do early on or they don't respect the coach, there's no telling what happens. But, you know, preseason is preseason. They've got a lot of high key guys. You know, they just re signed some guys Darius Slay over last year. Then Quantary Diggs on the defensive side. You got Glover Quinn. Um, and then obviously you got the offensive side with Golden Tate, hopefully rein up and here soon and Matthew Stafford. So they've got athletes. Um
2: just gotta put it together, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that that was one of the big things is they kinda just I, I only asked that because they kinda mentioned that in training camp. Um myself I'm a firm believer of um preseason doesn't really oh, no. mean that much or at all really. Um just because of I feel like it's where guys get injured. Uh, The only nice thing is that, you know, you get the on-field experience for some rookies and just kind of shake the dust off again. Um, But, yeah, that's what I was wondering because I've heard it coming out of the training camp reports. Um, So thank you for that. Yeah,
0: well, that's all you have to gauge off of is the training camp practices, obviously the open practice they have in the preseason. That's all you have to go off of. Um, obviously, like you said, it's the preseasons for the younger guys on the playbook, understand who's going to do what. And then they, they got to make a game change when they go 53 man roster, like they've already done. Um, they got to figure out what pieces they can, they can utilize moving forward. Um, and this is a learning process. You know, you've got eight, eight to 10 good weeks to really make a decision of what you want to do with your team. Um, so, you know, it's a long season in NFL. You don't have to win them all to make it to the playoffs. Um, now you want, you want to see guys peak and teams peak earlier than later, uh, but it's not doom and gloom right now for the Lions, I wouldn't think.
2: Mhm. Um, and the uh, sensory retiring from the NFL and these new rules, ch- uh, the rule changes pertaining to like the head contact. Um, and we've seen it called a lot in the preseason as well. I think that's just kind of the refs, uh, you know, s- laying down the ground rule. You know, yes, we're we're told that we got to cover this. Um, but on some plays, I've seen it. Uh, do you think guys are going to maybe lay off some of the more bigger hits or hits like that to kind of protect themselves and maybe not get fined or not yeah. the possibility of getting thrown out or anything like that? Well, i tell you that. It's a delicate situation
0: for the NFL, the defensive backs, and even the offensive guys. You know, you, you don't want to take the the – I guess the hard hitting out of the game, but that's, that's that's where we're going. That's where we're headed. It's going to be an offensive league. Obviously, we've seen that with some of the quarterbacks' mm-hmm. calls and the defense or receivers' receiver calls. But, man, it's going to take away from the game, but the, those guys are professionals. If they are one step ahead of the game, they understand when guys are making cuts and when guys are going to catch the ball and what areas. So those defensive backs got a little tougher job. Uh, but I, th- I definitely think it changes the game.
2: Okay. Hey, guys, don't remember, uh, you know, ProSportsExtra, www.prosportsextra.com. If you want to call them today, 563-999-3674. You're with Ryan Broyles, former uh, Lions wide receiver. Um, and I just kind of have one more question for you, um, and then we'll hand it over to Trev. Uh, I, I've seen some stuff from your post, you know, what you've been doing since the NFL and uh, real estate and, uh, you know, opening a new restaurant. Um, just kind of, can you talk about your life after football? Like, what what impact football has made for you as well, um, and what kind of skills, like you know, like football transferred into you know the yeah, yeah. Well,
0: obviously, you know, with with, with making the, to making it to the NFL, you get to you get to meet different people, different guys from different backgrounds. You know, I'm from Norman, Oklahoma, man. We don't see too many too many exciting things. I get to meet guys from California, from all over the country so you get a different broader range of ideas um motivation so i think just being in that locker room was awesome for me and my development um that i got to carry over into the sport or into the the real estate world and so you know working with the team i've got a team of realtors team of uh contractors and i think that's definitely helped me um in my business and then obviously open up with a restaurant um it's all about team and you know win and want to and goals and football is definitely um made me realize that um and obviously it affords a lot of things as
1: well so felt
0: like i've done a good mm-hmm. job with the finances that i was awarded um and so i just try to make the best of those and obviously go around the country and speak to high school kids and you know teach them about finances and the, the next best move for them to put themselves in a better position financially
1: mm-hmm. awesome all right so i'm going to bring it back a little bit bring it back to your college days uh, your first year, you are red-shirted. Uh, I believe you got in a little bit of off-field uh, trouble. Um, then your freshman season, you broke, like, every Oklahoma record for freshmen. Can you just talk about uh, your freshman year? <laughs> Yeah, man, that's pretty cool that
0: you bring that back. Man, I actually did a post online the other day just talking about it. it's been 10 years since my first game in college. Uh, man, I've drawn so much since then. I've seen a lot since then, man, but those are some of my fond memories you know, going in as an underdog, I was like the 17 of 18 people offered to the University of Oklahoma. So, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder, um, had the opportunity to play in as a true freshman, got in a little trouble like you just mentioned. And you know what? I was on practice squad and I was like, I'm, I've got to show these guys that I'm worth something. In the first game, I had the opportunity to go on out there, set records my first field. And my freshman year was, man, it was probably one of the better years a freshman could have. And I was just blessed. I had great quarterbacks. <laughs> Sam Bradford, the Heisman winner, had a great offense coordinator. And Kevin Wilson, I had first-round Cs, first-round offensive of linemen, first-round yeah. tight ends, first-round running backs. Man, I was on a great team. Um, obviously, we, we made it to the national championship versus Tim Tebow in 2008. Um, unfortunately, we lost that game, but that was probably one of the better teams I've ever played on in my life, man, and I definitely enjoyed all those. So I appreciate you bringing <laughs> that gear back.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's go ahead one more year. 2009, uh, the Sun Bowl, 13 catches, 156 yards, three touchdowns. Can you take us back to that moment of playing in the Sun Bowl?
0: Yeah, man, that was actually a tough year. So 2008, we made it to the national championship, lost to um, Florida Gators, like I just mentioned. Uh, Went into the 2009 season, my sophomore year. We had Sam Bradford at quarterback, the first game versus BYU down at Jerry's world, um, Sam messed up his shoulder. We had a backup quarterback. Landry Jones comes in. No one knows who that guy is, and he's starting to, you know, figure his way out. But it was a tough season. We went 8-5 and five that year. Um, you know, we learned a lot. We had great athletes, but things just did not fall in place. You got to win as a team. So we made it to the Sun Bowl. Luckily, we made it to a Sun Bowl or to a bowl game. Um, went out right. there, and, you know, that season worked out well for me. Had a lot of catches, and it was just really the start of my career, um, start of, the, you know, revamping the Sooner tradition, and Landry Jones at that point going in 2010 and 11, he was my starting quarterback, um, so we had good times, man.
1: For sure. 2010, uh, you mentioned it quickly, 131 catches. Right there, you know, that stat's pretty crazy. He uh, ended up 13 catches, 170 yards, and a touchdown in the Fiesta Bowl. Can you take us back to that? You know, just just kind of remembering all these past moments.
0: Yeah, man, 2010, man, I was a young buck. I just turned 30 years old. I must have been 22 at the time. Uh, But, yeah, man, like I said, Landry Jones came from 2009 to 2010, took over the team, made it to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, I believe we played UConn that year. Uh, We had some ups and downs, played Miami, played well there. Uh, I was obviously a go-to guy. You don't have 131 catches without being a go-to guy, so I was – Definitely fortunate to be in that position and being healthy, without mention. Uh, Definitely helped out a lot. Um, But we had a fun time that year, making it to the Fiesta Bowl. We got a win there. Um, Young guys were stepping up. And then obviously going into 2011, we had high hopes again, man. And, um, you know, soon as tradition, we try to win as much as we can. Always win Big 12 championships or at least
1: compete for those. Right. uh, 2011, I believe it was when your season ended up getting cut short due to your injury. Uh, Can you take us through that moment, you know, after that, were you thinking, you know, what's the chance of getting drafted? (laughs) uh, You know, then the Lions end up taking you in the second round, which is obviously a huge blessing. Uh, Can you just take us through that moment?
0: Yeah, man, I'll tell you, it was a crazy time in my life. You know, after the 2010 season, having 131 catches, I felt like I was the man, you know, I was, on cloud nine, nobody could touch me, and um I had the yeah. opportunity of going to Haiti on uh, the summer going into my senior year, Um and it really humbled me at that time. You know, I was like, man, I'm going to go back, play one more year, even though I had the opportunity, I had a second-round grade, um to leave my junior year. I was like, you know, I'm going to go back. I want to win a national championship. I was really humbled at that time. Um So I came back, um got to really enjoy my senior year in my hometown with the OU fans, man. So even getting injured, the eighth game of the year, you know, I wouldn't take it back. Um, obviously, it sucks, but I do remember that game and it all coming short <laughs> there. Um, had so much recognition, had so much love and support after I got hurt. Then, obviously, those people are the ones that pushed me through to train well, have the opportunity of doing my own pro day. Um, and obviously, um, got drafted the 54th pick uh, to the Detroit Lions um, in
1: 2012. Take, take us through just getting that call, you know. What was what was going through your head? Uh, where did you see yourself getting drafted, really? You know, some, sometimes we have guests on here, and they'll say, well, I thought <laughs> I was going to be a first-round draft pick, you know, and they end up going in the fourth round. Where did you find yourself uh, where you thought you'd be drafted? Well, you know, it was very tough.
0: I didn't get to go to the combine. I actually went to the combine. I did the
1: lick. I talked to
0: teams and whatnot, but I didn't get to compete. I didn't get to do the forty. Raj, um, none of those things. So it's just like they're seeing 150 athletes and I'm the one guy that's missing.
1: Um,
0: so I didn't feel too good about it. Talked to my agent, obviously, throughout the process. Um, they're saying, listen, we've got teams that are looking at you in the second. We've got teams looking at you as a free agent. So we were all dumbfounded, didn't really know what was going on. Um, but at the combine, I did get to sit down with the, with the Lions, uh, I sat down with Jim Schwartz, um, their player personnel, and Galen Duncan. Um, even their security guards out there, um, and Lenahan, the one who actually got to draft me. Uh, so I sit down with them. Didn't hear from them all the way to the draft. I get a phone call. Me and my wife were at home. We're thinking, you know, it was the second day. We're thinking we're gonna get drafted in the sixth round. Had no idea, so we didn't have a big party. Uh, and my not, my name just gets called fifty fourth pick by Barry Sanders.
1: Uh, <laughs> man, it was a, it was a great feeling at that point, man. Right. Take us through uh, your first your first year, your rookie year. Week Week seven, I believe it was, was when you finally got your first touchdown. I think it was against the Bears. Yeah. I believe you guys ended up losing the game. Yeah. But can you just talk yeah. us through? You know, first week one going on the field, and then week seven catching your first yeah. touchdown.
0: Man, that that whole year, I, I talk about being a blur. Man, that was a for sure blur. I was just. Throughout the whole season, just battling, just trying to get healthy. I was not healthy at all until about the seventh game, to be honest, with y'all still bouncing back from the <laughs> ACL injury. Um, I, w- I remember running through training camp like, I should not be out here. But, you know, being a second rounder, they pay your signing bonus. It's like, yo, your body is needed right now. So I was out there running around limping and whatnot. Uh, but I was on offense. You know, I started getting the groove. And then, obviously, um, throughout the year, I cut a couple balls. And then, bang, my-, my opportunity came the seventh game. I believe it was verse better than I could. But I had a good game there and then I remember the next week, dang, another ACL happens, man. So it was just like, it, it wasn't good, but it was a blessing to
1: at least get to show my worth for a little time, you know? Right. Can you talk us, uh, you know, just playing with Matt Stafford, you know, he just got that big payday last year. Uh, what yeah. was it like being around a leader in Stafford? Obviously, you were there when he was pretty young. Uh, you guys were both yeah. really young. so. Can you just talk about what you saw from your first year there to your third year as a Lion? the transition with Stafford?
0: Yeah, well, obviously he's always been a gunslinger. Gun uh, he's been a guy that's a man of respect. We knew he came in as a high pick, which you get a little bit more uh, leeway and respect with that. But he always produced. You know, when you looked at him in his eye on the huddle, he expected you to be great. You know what I mean? He didn't, have, he didn't have too many words. But, you know, listen, when he looks at you and he calls you to play, if you don't get open, you know he's not coming back to you. So that's what he demanded <laughs> even early on. And I think as I um, was there a little bit longer with him, he, he got a little bit more vocal, you know. When he wasn't happy with something, he would voice it. Whereas he didn't do that my first year there. So obviously that shows his, his maturity. And, you know, a lot of people say, hey, we need a, they need to – the Lions need another quarterback. I will tell you this. There's not many quarterbacks with his tangibles. Um, maybe it's, it's the weather in <laughs> the short sure. of something that, that's that's tough. You know what I mean? But you're not just finding guys off the street um, or even top picks in the draft that just kind come out of here and throw the ball like Stafford.
1: Right. In your career, who do you think uh, college or even high school, the college to the pros, who do you think, like, helped you the most through the entire way?
0: Man, to be, believe it or not, man, Jay Norvell, my receiver coach, you know, he stepped in my freshman year in college. Um, he taught me the game, you know, um, being a high recruit, an All-American in high school, what do you do? You go to practice and you don't have to block. Uh, you don't have to be a complete player. You just got to make plays. And that's what I did early on. And he just taught me to be a more well-rounded player. You know, at the end of the day, um, coaches want guys that can catch the ball and they can be a team player. So I think he is the one to help me develop. Um, and I think that's why it helped me succeed. The more you block, the more you do things off the ball as a receiver, the more you get rewarded. The team gets to see you blocking. They see you chopping guys down. They see you hustling even when the ball is not in your hand. Um, that's what my coach, uh, or I guess Coach Modell taught me.
1: All right. One more question, Ryan. Early predictions for the Lions season. you have them making the playoffs? What, what, where do you have them?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you this. People ask me for predictions every year, and I never give one. Um, uh, one, because you just don't know, man. Your all-star guys sure. can go down. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'm for always sure. about high hopes. I'm not a big fan of, um, of predictions. Um, I think they'll do well uh obviously they got some new guys and they got a solid receiver core um they got some DBs they just signed um they just got to get some pressure up front man that's what the game is won at the end of the day and they got to buy-in and you got to play 16 weeks straight (laughs) you got to play all hard so hopefully they can get that done
1: for sure ryan and i appreciate you hopping on here a lot where can our fans find you at on social media
0: well, yeah, all my tags on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are at Ryan Broyles, just my name. Um, I'm pretty active on there. My wife helps me out as well. i got a fan page. So um, that's where I spend most of my time, just showing off my family, uh, my little guy,
1: Sebastian, a few years. So uh, you can check me out there. All right, perfect, Ryan. thank you again for hopping on here. We'll definitely have you on again. Thank right, you, Thanks for having me. All right, we'll see you. Appreciate it. All right, guys. About all the time we have, we actually could go a bit longer, but uh, it's been about an hour and what hour twenty minutes or so. Uh, great show, season two, episode one. Logan from Lion Lowdown Blogs, our first guest, and then former second round draft pick Ryan Broyles, our second guest. AJ, I think it was a great show. Um, we're back live again Thursday. Uh, you might have remembered before we had uh, Dylan Stone uh, from Barstool Sports. He was on uh, our podcast a while back. Dave Fortnoy, owner of Barstool, ended up making us delete it. Well, told text that was delete it. Somehow ended up working out a little bit better. We have double uh, double vodka Don. He's part of Barstool's crew now. Uh, recent hiree. He was an intern for Barstool for a while. He'll be on our podcast on Thursday. Uh, we have a couple other guests that we have lined up. We have country music artists, professional athletes, comedians. We have a bunch of stuff coming up for season two of this podcast. AJ, hey, I appreciate you having coming on here as of every week, you know. Uh, and we'll see you again on Thursday.
4: Of
2: course,
1: uh, you know. Real quick, though, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be on it for season two. Um,
2: and again, congrats to Nate on winning our T-shirt giveaway. Um, if you know, obviously, if you didn't win, you can check out www.com prosportsextra.com/shop, and don't forget to use the code Football Sunday for free shipping. So uh,
1: go ahead and buy those, buy, buy it, buy it, them up. Yeah. We just oh, we just uh, pre-ordered sixty shirts, so you guys better buy them. <laughs> free shipping. Use code Football Sunday, guys. Talk to you on Thursday.
2: All right. See ya.